It's time for Bring It Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Zealand Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Liveax Marine in Isle, SW Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Pine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. And welcome into another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. It's fall. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about, uh, obviously, a lot of fall fishing. Muskies are going out on Mille Lacs as our pike. Steve Saponiak is standing by for that. Jason Creed's got some fall walleye tactics to talk about. We'll head up north. Talk to Matt Brewer about grouse and waterfowl and another great recipe from Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. We'll kick off the show with our local uh, field segment and lake and field segment, I should say, brought to you by Oars and Mine in Crosby. Fall, quite possibly the best time of the year to catch a trophy fish, and Oars and Mine is here to help with a fantastic selection of bait and tackle. The next time you're in the Cuyuna area, Oars and Mine, I must stop, located on Highway 6 in Crosby. And we kick the show off with our local report. Jason Freed, Leisure Outdoor Adventures, joins us. And Jason always keeping a very close eye on not only the Brainerd Lakes area, but up on uh, Leech Lake, too, which is always a destination this time of year. Jason, you know, our temps are dropping, leaves are starting to fall a little bit. Uh, Obviously, we're into fall, which means that walleye fishing can get really good right now. It is. You know, this is the time of year where, you know, it was starting to set up there a couple of weeks ago, and the fish were starting to move out a little bit deeper, and you were starting to grasp them a lot more, and they were getting a little bit more active here by, by the day as we got that nice cool snap, and then we got that crazy 80-degree weather last week, and the fish scattered again, and they went back into some of their summer haunts and got back in the weeds, and, you know, people were catching them back up in, you know, anywhere from 10 to 16 feet of water. Uh, but now with this cool weather, I mean, the prediction, my prediction is we're, we're going to be, this is really going to start to set up well. We're going to really get into that fall pattern now and, you know, fishing just typical fall stuff, which means, you know, anywhere we have nice, steep, steep break lines that have access to deep water, uh, you know, underwater points, um, you know, typically wind-blowing things, you know, reefs and whatnot. But those steep breaks are oftentimes the, the key to fall fishing. And, and, uh, and nothing beats just getting out there and, and pulling a, a red tail or a creek chub or pitching a jigging wrap around or vertical jigging with a jig in the minnow and it's uh, it's just a great time of year but definitely with this cool temps i think things are really going to start to set up well so you know if you get out i would definitely focus on you know driving around and looking for those those areas with the steeper breaks and then you know anywhere from you know 24 out to 35 feet of water would definitely be a good rule of thumb you know you mentioned some of the tactics you you know do you think maybe one of the mistakes that anglers make and fall jason is they try to overthink things a little bit this really could just basically this time of year simple fishing might be the best way to do it it can be you know i think um you know you got two trains of thought in the, in the fall i think i think some of the better fishing in this area um in the in the Brainerd lakes area is definitely going to be on those steeper break lines and, and just you know using your graph and your electronics to find fish and, you know, when you see bait, uh, typically there's going to be fish within that area. And so I always graph, and when I find bait, I know I'm in the right general depth. And then from there, it's just a matter of finding, the, the, you know, kind of the spot-on-the-spot areas where those fish are going to be congregating. And typically this time of year, they're schooling back up, and they're actively feeding, and they're using schools to hunt. 
Um, and so that's a good thing. So just using your grass to find those fish, and then sometimes you just have to kind of sit and hover on them um, to find that. You know, And then don't overlook some of the shallow structure, too. I mean, you get a windblown day on some of the flats. Uh, you can still catch fish in shallow water, too. You know, fishing a jig and a minnow or snap jigging along uh, are great tactics. You know, those are things we do a lot up on Leech Lake. But I think even down this area, people sometimes uh, maybe get caught up in using the big minnows all the time because it's such a fun bite. But a jig and a minnow will catch a lot of fish on a weed line or a sand gravel flat this time of year on some of these lakes as well. So don't overlook that. But like you said, sometimes I think maybe we overlook it. Instead, just trust your electronics. You know, go out with, you know, three, four things rigged up, ready to try, have some minnows in the boat. Um, and, you know, just work your way around until you find fish. And when you find fish, you can typically land on them. You know, right here in the immediate Brainerd Lakes, Jason, uh, with Gull, Round, North Long, Pelican, some of those lakes that we always talk about, are any of those lakes in the fall better than any of the others, or do they all kind of run together? You know, I, Gall is typically a great fall lake, and uh, it's been that way. I mean, it typically shows every year during the walleye dan, you know, fishing dan hunger tournament. That's always, a, you know, typically a pretty good bite. And, I mean, Gall has been a, a tried-and-true fall lake, it seems like. I, I think what happens is the way that lake has changed so much with, with zebra mussels and the water getting so clear out there that, you know, it's become a little bit tougher to fish during the, you know, the months of sometimes May through you know, August and into September because those fish will congregate in and out of those weeds and they can be tougher to find. But um, as fall comes, I think those fish, they move out and, and they just become a little bit more predictable and you can find them a little bit easier. So, um, you know, definitely gall. Um, I think round is um, another great lake as well. Uh, and then North Long. I mean, you hear a lot of people in the area talk about how North Long can be one of the most overrated, or uh, not overrated, but most underrated lakes uh within our area and and just you know get it gets fished but it just doesn't get fished nearly as much as those others so um you know that's those are those three in this general area you know and pelican has has had a reputation in the past of being a um a good solid lake as well um it definitely has come down a little bit uh, but there's a lot of efforts right now by the dnr uh in the minute in our walleye alliance uh, group that we're working with to try to really get the walleye population back and being pretty solid because you know when i first moved up here 12 years ago that pelican lake was one of my favorite lakes to go fish in the fall and uh, it just it always fished so well and you always caught nice fish and so definitely and you know the other thing is don't overlook some of the small lakes i mean there's walleye in some of these smaller lakes the populations maybe aren't as big as you find in those bigger lakes uh, but there can be some really, really good fishing on some of these smaller lakes in the area, especially the later you get into the fall. What about if somebody wants to hit one of the bigger bodies of water and wants to make a little bit of a road trip up to Leech? Uh, what should they be prepared for up there? Because it's probably a little bit different fishing there. You know, things are definitely on the transition up there. I mean, there the Wally tournament up here last week. The MWC was on Leech, and... Um, the, the fish were still being caught on a lot of deeper structure, a lot of summer patterns still, but also we had that warm weather. But now as we start to transition here, um, I think this next week you're going to start seeing on Leech Lake, the jig in the middle bite is going to really start to take off. And uh, you, you get fish are going to start showing back up on the main lake structures, the main lake rocks, uh, you know, definitely the areas in and around Bear Island, uh, a lot of the eastern shoreline, especially when you get these westerly winds that eastern shoreline, um, all those points, Battle, Sugar, Five Mile, uh, down on the southeast corner uh, around Pelican Island are going to all be really good areas. But then over on the flats on the west side of the lake as well, you get around um, Goose Island and fish a lot of the flats. And just work these areas over there, big, expansive areas that oftentimes you get a little bit of wind. Those fish will push up in, you know, five to eight feet of water. And, and if you can find some scattered rocks 
and some sand and gravel, it's going to be, that's going to be key. And just, you know, working these areas and making long drifts, um, you know, with a jig and a minnow, uh, sometimes even pulling a linear rig works too, uh, but just really covering ground until you connect with fish and then pretty much really kind of honing in on those areas. Once you start connecting fish, you know, hit a waypoint, make a waypoint, and then really kind of start figuring out where these fish are congregating. And then you can always pitch to them. Um, you know, that's when it does get calm. You can anchor to them. Uh, but when you get these nice windy days, nothing beats just pitching the jigs out, drifting, and snap jigging along and until you locate fish. And so that's what I would be doing if I was going up in the leech, especially with these cooler temps and some of these winds that we have. I think that's definitely going to be the ticket as we progress now into the weekend and then into next week and then farther into October. Speaking of leech, and some of you guys there with Leisure Outdoors on your guide service have been really going after muskies here in the last few months. Uh, have you heard anything on the muskie front up there? Uh, you know, they had a big tournament up there a couple of weeks ago, and uh, quite a few fish were kind of super, super windy. But um, things have definitely changed. Um, you know, this is a time of year now where those fish are they're feeding, uh, but the feed windows, the windows are much, sometimes even shorter, and, and you're typically throwing bigger baits. Um, and so big, you know, rubber-style baits, bulldogs, medusas, um, and those kinds of things, swim-style baits that you're going to be jerking, slowly moving along. Uh, and then some of the, you know, some of the, you catch some of the biggest muskies the later you get into October and even into early November, uh, because you know, right around the tulipy spawn and, and whatnot. And so definitely, I mean, it's maybe not a numbers game still. You're not going to maybe see a ton of fish. Uh, but as we get farther into October, the chance at bigger fish, because they're actively feeding and getting, you know, basically tuned up there for the winter, uh, is definitely the time. So whether you're on leech, malax, um, you know, some of these areas, you're, you got a legit chance of catching a really, really big fish. Um, you just got to put the time in on the water. A couple of more things before I let you go, Jason. Crappie front, have you been hearing anything there? Uh, I haven't. No, I know this is the time of year, though, and we chatted about it before, but, you know, this is the time of year where, uh, you know, a lot of people get kind of caught up in the crappies and wall- or in the walleyes, and crappies can be really good, too. And so, you know, as, the, as it gets cooler and these water temps start to drop, those fish are going to start to migrate out, and they're going to get to be where they're going to be come wintertime. And so finding those holes uh, that are close to shallow wheat flats um, in some of the basin areas would be where I would, um, you know, definitely focus, and I would definitely use your electronics, slowly move along. I mean, just a great tactic is uh, um, a split shot uh, with a, like, a puddle jumper or tube, um, you know, with a 30-second-ounce jig, and just toss it out and just slow troll along, um, you know, some of the brake lines and where these basins are and just work it over until you, until you find fish, and then when you find fish, um, you can vertical jig on, you know, vertical jig with them and with just a jig and, um, and it can be lights out. So it's, uh, it's a fun time, you know, definitely, you know, think about, you know, you know, just using being smart with your, you know, catch and release. You know, a lot of these fish, you know, if you are going to, you know, catch them out of deeper water, which they may be out some of the deeper holes, you know, they, they may not survive. So, you know, just, just be prepared for that. And, and, uh, you know, think about that when you are keeping fish and, and whatnot, but, uh, it can be a really good time of year right now if you want to catch crappies. One last thing, I know you got to get to uh, Warrior football practice here in just a bit, but uh, I did want to talk to you about an event on Pelican Lake. There's a tournament out there this weekend. Yeah, there is. You know, it's uh, the Walleye Alliance, which I'm, I'm a board member of, and uh, myself, uh, along with people like uh, Nate Blazing and uh, Doug Erickson and Matt Castle and, and a whole bunch of the other crew here. We're on the board, and we have the annual Pelican Lake uh, Classic, uh, which has been going on for quite a while now. And uh, we're kind of trying to get it back up and running again. And uh, last year we had in the mid-20s uh, for boats. And so it's uh, this Sunday. It's not too late to sign up. Uh, you literally can go to the uh, Walleye Alliance Facebook page, 
uh, and again, go on there and get the link. You can do it all online. You don't have to send a check in or anything. That's how I signed up for it. And uh, you can either go to the Facebook page, Brainerd Walleye Alliance, or you can go to the regular webpage, which is www.walleyealliance.com. It's, uh, it's $200, and that also includes your membership for the next following season to be a member of the, of the Brainerd Walleye Alliance, so which is a really, really good deal. So, um, you know, you become a member, you get a chance to go out and fish a tournament. It's not, you know, it's competitive, but it's not cutthroat, super competitive. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's pretty low-key, and um, it's just fun to get out and go fishing on a Sunday and with some other people. And so it's, uh, you know, it, it's more of like a club tournament than is anything else, I'd say, and uh, with some of the local people in the area. And uh, we have a lot of fun, and uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be out there. The rules meeting is on Saturday evening. And uh, so, yeah, check those details out. You know, get signed up. We'd love to uh, get more teams than we had last year and, and really kind of keep growing the event. No doubt. That is Jason Freed, Leisure Outdoor Adventures. Check him out at leisureoutdooradventures.com, all over social media as well. Jason, I appreciate it. I'll let you get to practice, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. You're listening to the place for everything outdoors in the Brainerd Lakes and beyond. Brainerd Outdoors Radio, just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. Now here's your host, Brian Moon. Let's head up north for the Up North Report. Matt Brewer with uh, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji joins us. And uh, Matt, we got a lot of stuff to cover this week. Uh, unfortunately, Goose Fest, you and I have always kind of done our poolside interview there for that. I had a little minor surgery that I had to uh, take care of, so I'm not able to make it this year. But um, we let's talk about that starting off because that's such a fun event up there and not only Thief River but Middle River as well. Yeah, the what are, I, I don't even know what we're on now. I've been to so many Goose Festivals, but... Um, I think we're on year like 45 or 46. <laughs> um, and that's a long time for a festival in a little town like Middle River to hold up. So, um, you know, a little town of, what is it, 300 people gets transformed into several thousand. Um, so it's a pretty pretty cool weekend, fun event. I'm I'm actually getting ready to take off here and, and uh, enjoy some of the festivities and and some of the hunting, it sounds like it's a really, really wet year. Thief Lake is really high, and fields are all flooded, so there should be plenty of waterfall around to chase. And uh, and as always, I'm sure I'll be kept busy with emceeing the goose calling contest and running around doing different events and stuff like that. And my kids are already bugging me. They were practicing their goose calling last night because Tate has to defend his title as the junior goose calling <laughs> contest champion. So... Um, so it's 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 been kind of fun and it's been buzzing around our house all week and now, um, you know now over the course of the next few days we we get to enjoy it. So yeah, and for those that have never been there, I mean, I, for me, I, I've been there uh, I've five six years now, and like you said, Middle River is a town of about three hundred people. Thousands of people descend on it during this weekend. And then the actual goose festival and 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 the whole thing going on, it's like you said, you got the goose calling contest. There's all kinds of food vendors out there. There's all kind of entertainment. People playing bean bags. Um, plus, you got the goose. You know all the great hunting that's going on out there. It's really somebody that that wants to have never been there before. You got to take it in. Yeah, it's it's one of 
it's one of those things in Minnesota that you have to experience. Like, you know, everybody's probably been to the state fair and that's something you got to go and you got to try the food, you know, middle river goose festival is kind of like that. Like you have to go just to experience it and you have to enjoy some of the food. I mean, they've got, uh, the oof to taco stand there. So if you've never had an oof to taco, you gotta, you gotta try a oof to taco. Um, you know, and then, uh, some of the diners and cafes are serving up some traditional Norwegian food, stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of the bigger events in Minnesota and it's not, you know, it's, it's pretty well known in the Northern half of the state and, and it does see people from all over the state and other states as well. Um, I think you've heard, maybe heard me on stage a few times. We always, um, we always try to figure out who traveled the farthest to attend Goose Festival, and we've had people from, like, different countries hmm. that, that flew in to hang out with their families that they hadn't seen in ages and and uh, attend Goose Festival. So, But, you know, it's not something that you hear about all the time, um, but it, it is one of those events that you, you definitely got to try to make it to. And there's plenty of lodging in Thief River Falls, and you've only got to... Uh, like a 20 minute drive to get to middle river to the festival itself. Um, so between the two communities, I mean, they, they welcome everyone with open arms and the event is, it, it truly is. I mean, I'm exhausted when it's over, but, but it, it is so fun and it's so neat. It's something everyone has to experience once in their lifetime. Yeah. I'm bummed that I can't go, but what do you do? <laughs> Sometimes things just happen. Uh, you did mention that uh, things are a little wet up there for those that want to get up there and hunt, Matt. Uh, it probably wouldn't hurt to bring the waders around, huh? Yeah, and lots and lots of socks. Um, <laughs> I actually packed like four extra pairs of socks because I'm expecting my feet to get very wet, even though I've got rubber boots and I've got waders and everything with i i expect at some point i'll i'll probably step in the wrong spot when i'm not prepared um and i plan to do some grouse hunting and uh, sharp tail and hungarian partridge and uh, chase some of those around and obviously if i'm walking those fields i'm not going to be in uh, in my waders so i'm sure my feet will get really wet doing that and yeah and uh if you think you're going to drive a truck out in a field this weekend to set goose decoys you better think differently so <laughs> it ain't gonna happen yeah, and the numbers I've heard are pretty good. I mean, people are pretty excited about that as well. Yeah, lots of birds around, and then, um, you know, we had some strong northwest winds over the course of the last couple of days and pushed a lot of migrators. I was actually outside last night at like 1030, and there were still geese migrating at 1030 at night um, over my farm last night. So uh, lots of birds pushed down, and I think uh, I think, you know, a lot of them stopped there, so it should be pretty darn good. There you go. So that's one thing we're going to check off the laundry list of things we have to talk to Matt about. Uh, number two, Matt, you mentioned grouse. Have you been able to get out in the woods a little bit and do a little grouse hunting? I know it's still pretty green out there. Uh, leaves are actually falling pretty quick. It's still a little lush, but, uh, but I mean, it's way better than it was opening weekend. And uh, we're able to connect on a few. And my son, he really got the bug last year um grouse and woodcock especially woodcock hunting he just loves that and uh we made it out almost every day this past week and uh after school he was like can we hunt and i'm like get your homework done we'll check it over <laughs> if it's good we'll go and he was putting his nose to the to the grindstone and getting it done so that we could go hunting and i let him do most of the shooting so um 
I don't know, like seven or eight birds total between grouse and woodcock this week, and it's it's been pretty pretty good. I mean, there's definitely birds around, and it's just going to get better as the leaves fall. So Yeah, I heard the drumming counts were up pretty good this year, and you had said, I think, when we talked a couple of weeks ago, we're kind of at the top of that cycle that they always talk about. Yeah, the cycle, the 10-year cycle on rough grouse um, peaks on the nines, so... Um, you know, this is 2019, so it should be a peak year, and and uh, hopefully, hopefully it's it's good. It's nowhere near as good as it was in like 2009 or even 1999. Those were actually uh, two of my three best years I've ever had in grouse, and uh, it's nowhere near those numbers, but but it still should be pretty darn good. Uh one more hunting thing before we get into some fall fishing, Matt. Uh, coming off. You know, how, how did bear season work out for you? I, I know you always said those first two weeks are the best weeks. Uh, the first weekend was really good for you. Did Do you have any other success here in that uh, weekends after that? Yeah, we only had, uh, coming out of opening weekend, we only had one hunter that wasn't tagged out. And uh, she came back the following week and sat for two additional nights, um, and she had bears in front of her both nights and just wasn't able to convert and pull the trigger. Um, and two different bears, one really big one and one just smaller, medium, uh, small to medium sized one that would, would have been a great eater. But, uh, first time bear hunter and first time, you know, really seeing bears in the wild. And, uh, <laughs> sometimes it's a little overwhelming. Um, and it's not as easy to, to sit up there and have a bear walk in and, and just go, Oh yeah, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pull the trigger on that one. She was trying to be really careful and really selective. And, uh, and unfortunately her opportunities walked away and, and she went home empty handed, but, uh, we ran a hundred percent on opportunity and, uh, and we only had one hunter that didn't actually harvest a bear. So, um, but she had her chances. So it was, it was a very, very successful year for us. Um, and I was really happy with it. And to be done, you know, in the in the first week and a half there um, was was really nice. Uh, as you run later, it gets tougher with the bird bird hunters around and bird dogs around, and you got other other critters starting to come to baits as you get later in the fall. So um, I was I was happy to be done when we were. So good to hear. One last thing, we got to talk a little fall fishing up there, Matt. Obviously. That part of the uh, state is a destination for people who want to get out and fish a little bit. I'd imagine the walleye fishing right now is pretty good, or am I wrong on that? No, you're right. Uh, walleye fishing is, is excellent. The fisher, they're officially moved into their fall haunts, um, and uh, the fish that aren't, uh, you know, in, in the main spots are right on the edges, so... Um, so the your typical fall haunts right now are putting out walleyes in good numbers and really good size. So they're putting on the feed bags pretty good. Um, perch are really going. Musky fishermen are happy. Crappies are going bonkers, and they're starting to stage out in the deep water. So uh, everything is shaping up just like it should in the fall. And, and uh, water temps are nice and cool, low 60s, and uh, they're going to continue to fall with some of the cooler weather. Um, and the fishing will just keep getting better and better. And I know the musky fishermen, they're kind of in that transition where it's not as easy to catch a muskie right now, but when you do, you're catching big ones. So There you go. That's Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. You can check him out, 
northcountryguides.com, all over social media as well. Matt, I appreciate it. I'll let you get back to it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Sounds good. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. You're listening to the place for everything outdoors in the Brainerd Lakes and beyond. Brainerd Outdoors Radio, just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. Now here's your host, Brian Moon. We bring in Steve Sapaniak out there in Mille Lacs, and Steve with Predator Guide Service, always keeping us updated on what's going on out there. Tell you what, Steve, now we're in the fall, and uh, this is really a time on Mille Lacs that can really get hot because with the musky fishing out there, the pike fishing, we're going to get the crappies going here in just a bit. This could be a lot of fun for people that want to get out on the big pond. Oh, definitely, Brian. The bite has been pretty good. When you can get out there, you know, Let's face it, we've had nothing but terrible winds here the last week and a half, two weeks. But when you can get out there, the bite has been decent. I can't complain. You know, we're we're getting our shots at muskies. We're having hits. We're seeing muskies getting nothing. We're catching, but nothing huge. We're tying into some nice-sized pike up to the 20-pound class. So all in all, that's been pretty decent. And a lot of my connections that are smallmouth fishing and stuff, and I have been out there too. Right now, if you want to have a shot at a great, good-sized smallmouth, get out there with about three in Sacramento's. They're going crazy on the Sacramento's, Brian. So all in all, it's been pretty good. Just got to find a site. It's not so rough to enjoy the fishing. Well, that's something, too, I forgot to mention in the open. Uh, don't sleep on the on the bass fishing out there still this fall because uh, that can be really, really good, too. Oh, most definitely. I know a lot, a lot of bass, smallmouth have been taken from the four to five and a half pound range. There's been a few reports of six pounders caught, you know, 22 to 23 inches. Those are giant bass, and right now they're easy to catch. And like I said, especially if you're using live bait, and they're moving back into the shallows, just like the big pike are getting out of the deep right now. They're moving back into the big shallows to feed on something different. Uh, same with the muskies. You know, right now the things are going pretty good. So all in all, like I said, just find a calm side, and you'll have decent luck. Let's talk about muskies, uh, Steve, because uh, it's been pretty decent out there throughout the summer. Uh, you know, it used to be years ago, we would really wouldn't talk about muskies until about this time of year, but, uh, we started talking about them back at right around opener in June and there's some tactics you use then that were successful. What are you doing now going into this fall pattern? Oh, that's a great question, Brian. With a fall pattern, we're incorporating bigger baits. And yes, it has been a fantastic year, again, right from the opener. But right now we're starting to use crankbaits from the 6-inch to the 10-inch size. They've been doing real well. Uh, Jerkbaits, such as the suet, has been, do- has been doing phenomenal. I'm moving fish. We're catching muskies on the suet and the crankbaits. That's been doing real well. Uh, and also uh, larger size spinnerbaits have been doing pretty good. So all in all, it's not too bad. Once in a while, we toss out uh, top water like the fat, <clears throat> I can't mention the name, and we get some action going on that. And with the Poles Giant Jackpot, we've been getting some action going on that. And also the larger phantoms, the 8 to 10 inch size, are doing pretty good. So right now we're looking at the big fish are starting to put on the feed bag, Brian. And what we want to do is give them something that's going to, you know, uh, be appetizing, be appealing to them. And that's right now we need the larger size lures. So uh, like I said, with the crankbaits, go in the uh, 6 to 8 inch range, 6 to 10 inch range is even good. Go with the walleye pattern, that's been good, or the perch pattern has been real well. I know there's a lot of high-shine lures out there in the market, t- uh, market today with 
different colors and different pattern schemes and everything, try to match the hatch this time of year. If it doesn't work for you, then start to change to the more drastic uh, psychedelic colors that you see out there. Suics, I like the uh, 9-inch to 12-inch, even the 14-inch Franken-Suic. We had a big muskie hit that Franken-Suic uh, about a month and a half ago. Unfortunately, never got that thing boated. Uh, Suics, again, black has been a really dominant color with the, uh, with the orange or underneath uh, the chin, you know, the red paint and everything. I put a little spinner blade on the back of it. Uh, go with the walleye pattern has been real good for the Suics. So you got a multiple choice there. When working a suic, bend that tail down. Make sure all the uh, eyes underneath the body of the suic, the cotter pins that are holding the hooks, are straight. That's the key to tuning them. Also make sure that the tail and back is straight. It's flat across, not one tip bent up higher than the other. Then make sure that the pin in front that holds the leader snap is straight. Then you got yourself a well-tuned suic. When you run it, it should go down easily two to four feet. Work it sporadically. Don't go pa jerk, pause, jerk, pause, waiting too long. The muskie can hit that lure and spit it out within a half of a second, a quarter of a second. That's how quick they are. And if you're retrieving your line, uh, waiting too long and everything between jerks, you're going to miss it. That's the key right there. Uh, phantoms, like I said, glide baits. Anything glide baits up to 10 inches is doing good. Go with the red horse sucker pattern, Brian, or also go with the walleye pattern has been real good. Perch patterns as well have been good. Uh, the warlock, there's an old one glide bait that a lot of people still have. Same thing, go with the walleye pattern or the perch pattern there. Again, if nothing's going decent on those, then change to your psychedelic different ones and your neon-colored ones, your, your Eddie Van Halen paint jobs on <laughs> your lures and everything, stuff like that. You know, might get their attention if nothing else is going to make them curious as heck and they're going to follow to the boat. And when they follow to the boat, mark the spot where they're at and everything so you can come back and get them. So all in all, with a musky bite, that's what you got going on. Weeds have still been productive as well as rock piles right now this time of year, so it's a win-win situation. Love the Van Halen reference. We don't get too many of them. It. I've got four or five of them, and I've got offered up to 250 bucks a piece, and I'm not going to sell a single one. I bet not. I wouldn't either. I mean, Eddie would probably want one of them, to be honest with you. Uh, well, that's what I was thinking. I'm going to send him a picture. Right, absolutely. Uh, we don't get too many references of Van Halen here on the show. But uh, anyway, uh, with these colder water temps, Steve, do you want to slow your presentation down a little bit? when you're retrieving and all that, slow it down, or does that not matter? You know, right now, we just got off the summer pattern, Brian. We're starting to slowly drift into fall. So the summer pattern meant for all types of fish that their body is at the fullest potential that it's going to be for the whole season. They, they can move as quick as they want to. Northern pike, muskies have burst speeds in excess of 35 miles an hour. And walleyes and bass, their body is at the fullest potential. They can move as fast as they can throughout the whole year right now. So that kind of, with that thought in mind, keep also in, in hand or in mind that they still got the fullest speed they're going to have for the full year this time of year. So I'm, we're working our lures pretty quick. We're not going as fast as we can. We're not burning them, but we're about uh, three-quarters of the way there. You know, I tell everybody, don't give it all you got, because if you get a nice size follow, you want to give it all you got then and there. And so we're working our lures about three-quarters of the speed up to full potential. So just sort of keep that in mind. Now's not the time to go slow. They're after a big meal. They want something moving quick. They want something moving sporadically. They want something imitating a dead minnow at times, thus your glide baits, jerk baits, and stuff like that. So, yeah, move fast, no doubt. Figure eight is the biggest thing right now, Steve? 
figure eight helps so much. Every time you make a cast, Brian, you do the L turn by the boat. That L turn is your first turn of the figure eight. And don't be watch. I can tell everybody, just don't watch right behind the lure. I want you to watch six, seven, eight, ten feet back. So make an L turn and come around again the other way and come back again. By then, you've already made a like a figure eight, your first figure eight. And if you don't see nothing by then, then do your second cast. Okay, that's the key. Do a couple turns at least so you can watch behind the lure. So there you go on muskies. Now let's talk a little bit about those big pike out there. Um, they really start getting going this time of year. What works now, Steve? Oh, I tell you, that's a great question, Brian. I'm doing the one-two punch. We're going really slow, half mile an hour, with a Sacramento below a float, below a, a bobber. We call them bobbers for years. Now the terminology is technical is float. No more than four feet below the bobber is the uh, sucker minnow. We're using good-sized sucker minnows, you know, anywhere from 8 to 12 inches right now, Brian, on a quick strike rig. Okay, so we're moving slowly a half mile an hour along the edge of the weed beds. I'm dragging that, and one or two of my clients are casting spinner baits or glide baits or even jerk baits right now have been producing some really nice-sized big pike up to 20 pounds, Brian. The key when you do the one-two punch, casting and a sucker minnow, is to weave in and out of the weeds right now so the fish have a chance to see that sucker minnow. Another good technique has been uh, trolling. You control with spinner baits or you control the jerk baits in and out of the weeds. The other one too is coming back pretty popular is spoons, Brian, like the old original Lou Eppinger Daredevil. You cannot beat that action that uh, lure has to offer. The original Daredevil it is such a good action that it's been patented. No one can no one can really copy it exactly. Like I tell everybody the spoon, the Lou Eppinger Daredevil, Daredevil, true Daredevil, has such a seductive wobble to it when you retrieve it through the water. That's why it's such a great northern pike producer. I had somebody ask me, too, they, they don't want to you know, spend the money on some of the live bait because sometimes that can get a little pricey. And artificials and stuff for pike, is there anything you can give somebody some advice there? Oh, definitely. Artificial is great this time of year. We're using, like, small medusas for the pike. They love it. Uh, small bulldogs, like the spring dog, you know, the smaller versions and everything. They love those lures right now. We're letting them sink down to the bottom. I had one client let it sink to the bottom, and he starts bringing it back, and the first cast is 19 pounds, about 40 inches, just a little underneath. And about uh, 20 minutes later, he gets a 38-inch or about 17 pounds, you know, just a beautiful fish. So small plastics like the Medusa, like the Cowgirl work really good. Small artificial lures like the uh, Baby Beaver, the Mini Beaver. The Mini Beaver is a fantastic lure. I've got mine weighted. I can let them sink down and bring them back slower, bring them back quick. They've been great producers. A jig and pig, just like people use in the, you know, use for uh, largemouth bass fishing and smallmouth bass fishing, is very productive this time of year. You can't beat them. If you can find some old sluggos, put them on a great big lead-headed jig, they're going to work fantastic, too. So, yeah, plastics, artificial, work great this time of year. Make sure they have a tail or two, just like the toad from uh, Lake X Lures. That's also a great pike producer. But use it all in the smaller size. Don't use the musky size this time of year. You know, that comes into play in another month. One last thing, Steve. Uh, crappies, are, are we getting there on Mille Lacs yet, or are we still a little early? 
It's a little early, my friend. I wish I could say, yes, we're here, and all the all the stars in the universe lined up, and the fireworks are going because they're going good, but it's still a little early. In fact, the perch should be going good right now, and they're, they're not going fantastic yet at all. The big perch and everything has been a little slow. I don't see them starting to come on for another two weeks. The water temperature has to drop a little bit more. Right now, we're in the low 60s and everything. I think once we get her in the mid-50s and stuff, you'll see some action going on with the perch. And also, I wanted to say before I forget too, Brian, you come up to my rocks like everybody, please, please, please be careful. What's left out there for buoys are in the wrong spots. They got blown off weeks ago, months ago, and they're not in the right position, and you may hit a rock, so be careful. I've seen three buoys that are blowing off the rock reef by at least 400 yards, and there's guys from out of state who are smallmouth bass fishing and found them. They think there's uh, rocks there. <laughs> it's a flan sat, so flan sand flat, excuse me. So please be careful with that in mind, too. There you go. Great stuff from Steve Sapaniak, Predator Guide Service. You can check him out, predatorguideservice.com. Good luck out there uh, on the big pond, buddy, and we will check in next week, okay? Hey, my pleasure, Brian. Thank you. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Time for our Famish Fisherman recipe here on Brainerd Outdoors. Chef Joel's back again from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, 371 North in Baxter. Boy, you got a good one this week, uh, Joel. Pineapple grilled walleye, and you also have a, a salsa that you're going to make for us, too. A little bit of a grilled salsa. We're going to take our two to three pounds of clean walleye. We're just going to season them up with a little salt and pepper and a little oil on top of them just to get them nice and seasoned. Let those sit. And then we're going to take a couple of nice nice-sized pineapples, and we're going to peel them, and we're going to try to save the peelings in nice fish-sized pieces, I guess, so we can uh, sandwich your walleye in between two pieces of pineapple skin. Nice. And we're going to tie that around, and we're going to grill it that way. So get a nice-sized chunk of pineapple skin, wrap that up, butcher twine or kitchen twine, tie it up, make them nice and tight. Throw those on the grill, you know, probably a medium, medium-high heat, and we're just going to grill those for, it's going to take a, a generous amount of time, probably a 15, 15 minutes per side because we are going through the, wall, or through the pineapple skin. Our walleye is grilling. We can take the, our pineapple that we skinned and we can slice it in nice thick chunks and then we can grill that. Throw that on the grill, a little salt and pepper on there as well. Or we're going to take some fresh jalapenos and grill those as well. Just enough to get it nice and tender. You don't want to char them up a whole lot, just a little bit. Take those off, let them cool a little bit. Dice them up nice and fine, a little bit of red onion finely diced. Uh, we'll add in some fresh lime juice, fresh cilantro, a little bit of honey, a little bit of orange marmalade, a little sriracha to keep, <laughs> to keep it spicy, and some salt and pepper. We're just going to mix that all together, let it sit for a minute while our walleye finishes grilling. Take that off. We're going to get that nice citrusy flavor from the pineapple. Pour a little sauce over top of it. Serve it with some rice, steamed vegetables, grilled vegetables, anything top notch two things on this uh, right. number one it's interchangeable with other fish right if you didn't definitely it's any kind of any kind of white fish is what i was going for on this sure one. so even if you had smaller crappie fillets you could actually put two or three of them yeah on definitely. something like that okay yep. uh number two how warm do you want the grill i would go for a medium high so you don't want to go through that pineapple it doesn't really matter if you're going to burn your pineapple so I'd go almost probably as high as you can. So if you want to give it a try, this is fantastic. Pineapple grilled walleye. That's our recipe for this week. Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. Uh, if you want to head to our website to check it out, I encourage you to do that, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com, and click on the recipes tab. Thanks, Joel. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Brian.
And that will wrap up this week's show. Once again, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, Monday mornings at 5. You can also uh, stream us online if you're away from your radio or out of town. Uh, Just head to BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. We're all over the podcast networks, too. So if you wherever you download podcasts, whether it be Podcast One, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, just subscribe and uh, rate and review. We appreciate that. We also want to thank Lakes Area Flood and Fire for helping us out with our podcast as well. I know a lot of you uh, really enjoy the podcast too. So that's one way to uh, check out Brainerd Outdoors if you happen to miss the show or just want to relive it. Uh, we'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Thielen Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Liveax Marine in Isle, S&W Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Fine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by Rag your truck accessory pros join brian moon saturday mornings at seven sunday evenings at seven and monday mornings at five right here on b93.3